For this segment of Tech Talk with Johnson College, Dr. Katie Leonard hosts Ryan Leckie, Emmy-nominated TV personality on WNEP, where they discuss our community, the physical and mental effects of COVID-19, and Ryan's relationship with Johnson College. So here we are in the new year. Uh, This is a year that we've all been waiting for. It's a time to look forward and think about all the positive things, hopefully, coming our way. I'm always struck by how people approach each new year. Some people like to make resolutions, others formulate those resolutions more into goals, um, and still others go to bed in one year and wake up in another and simply carry on. Uh, Over the years, I've thought about each new year as a different combination of these things, part fresh start, part reflection, and part of just trying to appreciate the moment. This year, though, is a little different. I don't think any of us can deny that. Uh, I think in 2020, there was this sense of loss, and it was easy to get caught up in thinking that that's all there was, that all was lost. And I think a new year can be a fresh start and maybe a time to make a pledge to yourself, something that's going to help your mental or emotional health Um, For me, uh, I had a pledge at the end of 2020 to stop watching uh, the news so much. It was scaring me in many ways that uh, I really don't think I needed to be scared. Uh, So I found a few of the news sources that I trust and like, and I check them on a regular basis. And that's it for me. I I, I cut myself off. Uh, I let these sources inform my plans for the college and my personal decisions. And then I try to move on. I try not to ruminate, I try not to dwell, I just try to synthesize the information, apply it as best as I can, and then carry on, as hard as that is sometimes. Um, So heading into 2021, I'm pledging to do more of what I love doing, uh, reflecting on what matters to me and then just doing it, and trying new things that I've always thought about doing. Some of those things include learning to play guitar or maybe even learning how to ride a motorcycle. Uh, These are things I've always wanted to try, things I've always wanted to see if I can do. Um, And if not now, then when? Um, I also want to figure out ways to travel through this pandemic because it can still be done. This region is wonderful for day trips and exploring. Um, And speaking of that, while I'm at it, I want to hike more and explore more. Um, I possess this great sense of curiosity um, that when I was getting my doctorate, this this was getting fed all the time. I was reading and learning and applying things and asking questions and diving deeper. Um, So now I need to find it in new ways. And it's been hard like during the pandemic. Um, But one thing I've learned about myself since my doctorate and through the pandemic is that I'm, I'm a doer. I have an interest in so many things, so as I said, why not try them all? Um, So many people told me that after I got my doctorate, I would want to sort of sit back and rest for a while, uh, take it easy, and while I did need some of that, uh, it was short-lived for me. I knew I'd be looking for my next interest, my next challenge, um, to satisfy whatever my next curiosity was going to be. Um, and I realized this is really where I get my energy. Uh, not everyone's built this way, and I recognize that, but I am, so I need to listen to that. And I think we all need to listen to whatever 
um, that is for us, whatever energizes us. Um, so let's make this pledge in the year 2021, pandemic or no pandemic, figure out what you wanna do more of and then go out and do it. Figure out ways to get it done safely. Uh, we all know winter can be long in wonderful Northeastern Pennsylvania. And when we add the pandemic to it, it does seem as if uh, some of this will never end. Um, so take this as an opportunity to think about what you love, those things that make you, you, uh, or the things that you've wanted to try, and then go out there and do them. I know it sounds simple, but you know what? At this point, maybe it is. Try it. Pick one thing and just do it. Figuring out what matters is important and is a large part of the discussion of this month's podcast. This month, my guest is Mr. Ryan Leckie from WNEP. We discuss how the pandemic is helping us all figure out what matters most to us and how incredible Northeastern Pennsylvania can be. Sometimes we take for granted those things that are right in our own backyard, um, but in this podcast, we celebrate them. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you learn something. And please, in this new year, do one thing that you want to try or do more of. If nothing else, it will help you get through part of the winter. Thank you for listening. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited. This is odd for me to have myself being on the other side, right? You're say, lobbing questions at me. Right. It's usually is, the other way is, around. This is going to be fun. <laughs> usually I'm in the hot yeah. seat. <laughs> Let's get to it. Um, well, really, you know, the first thing I want to talk about, because, you know, we're both not from this area originally, and I think your story is so interesting to people. Um, so my first question is, what brought you here? And just, you know, tell everyone a little bit about who you are, um, what brought you here, and what keeps you here. Right. So the short answer is work, <laughs> but how I got here. So I was born and raised in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of Pittsburgh. And I grew up there and I always had a passion for television since I was a kid. So I remember being like 13 years old, riding my bike to my hometown station. I would wait in the lobby at WJC TV, which was an NBC affiliate in Johnstown waiting for the general manager to come talk to me. And I had a trapper keeper. Remember those? Oh, yeah. With a binder full of ideas yeah, <laughs> that would get people to watch the news, specifically teens. I'm like, hey, I have all these great ideas for teenagers oh. to watch the news. So I'd sit in the lobby and basically stalk this guy. <laughs> and at that time, obviously, I didn't know our key demographic was you know, women 25 Probably. to 54 years mm -hmm. old. So, the, the, you know, I'd wait for the GM to meet me. And I had a, such a passion for TV. And this will all come to answer your question on how I got here, right? <laughs> so long story short, I started at WJAC-TV in Johnstown after I graduated high school. So at the time, they were looking for people to work behind the scenes in the control room. So executing a newscast, directing, tape loading, audio, cameras, all that stuff. So I got a job part-time initially to work behind the scenes while I was also going to school full-time at the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. Wow. So I started doing that, and then all of a sudden my part-time hours, I was working so much, became full-time hours because I transitioned from the control room part-time to also dabbling part-time in the news department because all of a sudden three people left at once. They needed help, and I'm like, hey, I'll do it. I'll work for free <laughs> just to learn anything. So I worked at WJAC-TV in Johnstown, PA for almost four and a half, five years, all the way through my undergrad, full-time. So I'd work the morning show for the most part, so I'd get up at three in the morning. I'd go to work from like 4 a.m. until 8, then I'd go to class at, wow. at, at college, then yeah. I'd come back, finish my work for the day if I had to, but I also work like, oh my gosh, 12 hours on Saturdays and Sundays. 
So I started doing that, long story short, after your first job in TV, right, you wanna move up in markets. This was back in the day, hopefully your listeners remember VHS tapes. Uh I sent out 68 resumes and VHS tapes all over the country to different places I thought I'd wanna work. And this was during the time where employers would send rejection letters, like either postcards, Mm -hmm. like we got your stuff, you're not the right fit for us, good luck to you, right? Nobody sends that anymore, everybody just goes dark. So I had enough rejection letters to literally wallpaper a small bathroom. And I sent out 68 resumes and tapes, got three calls, and WNEP was one of them. But I always give a shout out because people don't realize this. My current coworkers at WNEP TV, Newswatch 16, Julie Sidoni and John Meyer, I worked with them for years at my first job. That's right. So I'll never forget, John Meyer is the one who flagged me and said, hey, we have this morning show opening. Um, if you want to come here, send a tape. I'll put in a word. And I mean, good luck. You got to come in here and like really land land the part, right? Mm-hmm. So I had 68 uh, resumes and tapes out, three calls. One of them was like in Sarasota, Florida, which was a smaller market than WNEP. And I knew the reputation this station has is like one of the highest rated ABC stations in the country. So I'm like, great, I'll come here. So I had like two interviews and I accepted the job. So that was in 2005. I thought I would be here literally for two years, like some people in television. I'm going to work here for two years, move up in markets. Mm-hmm. And I ended up staying 15 years later. Yeah. Still here. And, you yeah. know, since when I started here, the role and my job has just really changed and evolved. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another. And voila. Yeah. I it's now great. Call, yeah. Now yeah. I call Northeastern Pennsylvania home. home. And I really know. proud of it. And this yeah. area really, I have to say, even back in 05, welcomed me with open arms. And I really felt like one of the OGs. Yeah, that that's how I felt too, you know. Like so I came here from New York and I went to your college, same thing. I thought, "Well, I'm going to go to school here. I'm going to get the away experience and then I'm going to go back to New York because who doesn't want to go back to New York?" But mm-hmm. I have to say, just Pennsylvania in general and, you know, where York is in the southern part of, you know, the the state and now being up here, it's just such a friendly group of people. Being from New York, like I would want to start random conversations with people and, you know, in New York, they they, they shut that down. Mm-hmm. But whether I was down in New York, and especially up here in northeastern Pennsylvania, I just find the people to be so warm and welcoming, yeah. like you said, and just, you know, embracing, you know, people that aren't necessarily from the area, which I think is interesting because I, I, I sometimes don't hear that. Um, but I'll never forget the first like week I was up here, I was standing in line at like a Dunkin Donuts and, you know, I made a random comment to the woman in front of me and she immediately turned around like she was my best friend. And we had this whole conversation about the area and about being online at Dunkin Donuts. And I thought, man. And and you got her cell phone I'm, number right. and you were at her and house for dinner, besties, right? right. Yeah. And now I'm like, and I'm, wow, I'm home. Like, that's how I felt, especially when I stepped on this campus, too. There was just something about the people. Um, so very quickly, I went from, oh, you know, maybe a, this is like like kind of like a pit stop to like, this this is where I could be for a really long time. what year was that for you? So I moved up here in 2007. Right. Because yeah. I think I met you like right when you started. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember I reached out. I was like, who is this guy? Uh, <laughs> I want to know him. Back. But I think, too, I think, you know, not only do people evolve, but your careers evolve, right? right. So I met you yeah. back in the day when you were, I what, was like the coordinator 07? of like fundraising yeah. and annual giving. And I, yeah. met, I met Katie Leonard, now Dr. <laughs> Katie Leonard, and I was like, man, and you're Dr. going Lecky. places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, too, you hit on something really important, and that's the power of relationships and networking like you said you know john myers and julie like you knew them and look how that you know in in a way um brought you here and that's i think that that's really important for people to understand yeah and i 
really stress, I remember I taught at Marywood University for five years, a broadcast news writing class and media performance class. We might get back to that. I see you looking at your notes, <laughs> but really I always stress that with my students. He said, that's how you're going to land the job you want or get to the next step. Yeah. It's all about people, people, people. That's right. Right. Yeah. You can see something posted online, but it's a connection or someone who you know who works there mm-hmm. or reaching out to somebody who's going to be your foot in the door. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we both know the area really well, you especially. Like, what do you feel are the areas like best attributes? Like, and what do you think people take for granted? I have to say, I'm a huge foodie, so I eat the food, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I know, I mean, being in this area, even growing up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, we did not have the pizza that we have here. Yeah. We have some of the best mom and pop shops, hole in the wall places yep. that have pizza that will rival anybody yeah. in the country. I know we're both Little Pizza Heaven fans. I think we both I, I love, love Little Pizza Heaven. Yeah. I love Mainline Pizza in Dixon City, <laughs> Luigi's and Olive. I mean, I could go yep. on and name all of the mom and pop shops who really that I love to visit often, right? Mm-hmm. You go in, it's kind of scary when you call oh, yeah. and they see your number. Oh, and you're I like, know. okay, you want the usual? And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll have it. But just, I think food is the one thing I think we take for granted until you leave this area yeah. my mom lives in florida so when i go to visit her and she's like let's go out for pizza i'm like no thanks i'll wait till i get back home <laughs> that's right because <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to blow like a fat day yeah <laughs> on pizza i don't even want. going back to new york like i said i was just yeah. like talking about this the 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 other day you know the pizza here rivals yeah. anything that yeah. i would get back but in I think, new york yeah pizza pierogies the kibasi i think the food is number one but i think also what makes this area great and you hit the nail on the head the people you meet I will strike up conversations with people everywhere in grocery stores, wherever. And then I'm like, I'll come to your house for dinner Saturday because you're my new BFF. People are so inviting. They're warm. They're welcoming. And they really make you feel like, you know, you're a native, you know, northeastern Pennsylvania. That's right. Like you and I are transplants, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But now it feels like we've been here forever. Um, And where do you think, you know, where do you think northeastern PA could do better? Because I often say, like, sometimes we just got to give each, like, give ourselves a break. Like, cut us, like, we're so hard on ourselves sometimes. And I, like, I go to Vermont a lot, and I'm like, I come back, and I go hiking here, and I'm like, really? Like, this area could rival a place like Vermont, yet Vermont is Vermont. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. So I think when you're saying, where can we give ourselves a break, I think being a little bit more open to different ideas and cultures and religions. But I have to say, after, you know, going out in 17 counties, working here mm-hmm. in the past 15 years, from when I started here in 2005 to where people are today, they're evolving. Yeah. In the aspect, like, you know, I'm out, I'm openly gay, right? But to be at an event like the Bloomsburg Jamboree, right, where I meet people who normally there's a stereotype like, oh, only country folks go there, right, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I have been to those events with some of the nicest and warmest people who I think it's their way to get to know me better when they'll come up to me and I get a kick out of it is somebody will say, hey, Ryan, um, I know we haven't met, but I wanted to let you know um, over the summer I I went to a friend of a friend's gay wedding and it was really cool and I'm cool with that. Like out of nowhere, I'm solicited. (laughs) I'm like, hey, thanks. Thanks for being open-minded about letting people live their best lives, right? So I think people are evolving here and they're warming up, but I think what you said, it's sometimes really being grateful what's in your own backyard. Mm -hmm. And I'm guilty of that. Like, I mean, you know, for me ordering pizza from my favorite mom and pop shop every other weekend or whatever, you don't think twice about it. And mm-hmm. then I go visit my mom in Florida and you try some food down there. Like, oh my gosh, this is awful. I want to go home. You know what <laughs> I, I mean? Know. You got sunshine, but we got great food. That's right. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. that trumps everything. Um, so speaking of your mom, you mentioned she lives in Florida. So mm-hmm. how has 
the the pandemic sort of affected like your ability to see her or has it i know i know you've been to see her but um well not since the pandemic she actually i should say she has so my mom spends summers in pittsburgh okay so she was um she was up here she came up here and you know she did her quarantine thing but my mom really isn't around a lot of people she's a nurse so she's very like by the book with covid and i tell people you have to do what works for you and what you're comfortable with and i don't want to covid shame and none of that right Mm -hmm. because people are doing that i don't think that's a great way to handle this pandemic everybody has enough stress on them with Mm -hmm. everything and for my mom you know she came up here um and you know she came to visit me and you know we hung out at my house but we didn't do a whole lot or saw a lot of people and the thing is i have to say too even with my job i'm not around anybody Mm -hmm. you know when i am doing my lucky live shots you know at the time of recording this you know it's it's still like fall like weather november Mm -hmm. um I have to say, you were doing live shots outside. I'm not around people. We're social distancing. We did mm-hmm. stuff here with yep. you guys, and we're Mask like 20 up. feet apart. Yeah. And even being back in the building at WNEP, which still has very few people working inside the facility, I'm in my own separate room. That's the size of a regular office, and nobody's around me. I flip the yeah. lights on myself. I turn the camera mm-hmm. on, turn the touchscreen TV on, and I'm off to the races, right? Mm-hmm. So I think... Um, you know, I haven't been around anybody. I'm trying to be conscious of that, but mm-hmm. I also tell people you have to do what works for you. Yeah. So I don't judge people if they are maybe doing something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had a lot of conversations about that here too. And just sort of like the impact it's having on people's mental health and how, and how it's impacting people differently. Um, you know, have you seen that too? Like just as you're out and about? Yeah. I definitely think people who have maybe dialed back from social connection, mm-hmm. those are the folks who have been impacted the most. So yeah. what I mean about that, people not taking the initiative whether to zoom with somebody mm-hmm. or going to be outside around their neighbors even right. if they're at like a safe distance i think connecting with one another mm-hmm. in any way you can is the way to get past that because yeah. you know you you mentioned about the mental impact that COVID has had on so many people i should say the psychological effects mm-hmm. right the stress the yeah. depression which is at an all-time high and it's a lot of folks who just really aren't coming out of their homes or shell but also yeah. maybe not picking up the phone to call somebody right and, and it's gonna have like a ripple effect too like yeah. i've been saying like i think some of it like it hasn't even we were in so like adrenaline mode at the start of this we all had to make yeah. these like big decisions we all had to like keep everybody safe we had a lot of responsibility and you just did it right and it was sort of like that flight or fight response really kicked yeah. in you figured and it now, out whatever you had to right. do right and now it's sort of like there's some days when we come in here because you know capacity you know some people are working like two days a week from home three days on campus and vice versa versa um there's days where like i'm the only one here and it's yeah. that that for someone social like me like yeah. you said like we're extroverts get, we yeah, thrive like and that, we love to be around like, people i'm yeah. like oh man like is this yeah. this is getting to me like it's you know it's it's difficult so just and like you said making that effort and you know especially too as it gets colder i've been stressing to everybody get some good gear like i know i'm i'm a big outdoors person to begin with so i'll go hiking in any kind of weather mm-hmm. but i've been saying to people just get yourself some good gear because try Trust me, come like it might be okay now, but come, yeah. you know, January, we're, we're all going to be we're looking gonna be for those. up in our houses. Yeah. And like, what can we do? Right. Yeah. And looking for that social connection. Mm-hmm. I know we have your, your neighbors in common. Right. <laughs> they're right. they're Best wonderful. Neighbors on the planet. <laughs> That's yes. right. Uh, they are golden alumni here at, yes. at Johnson College. Um, and, you know, just seeing them, I'm sure. Um, and just kind of keeping that sense of normalcy has become yeah. even more important than yeah, ever Yeah, super before. important. I think that that's a connection, especially, you know, uh, you mentioned my neighbors. I mean, they're with our dog every day, which is great. <laughs> so those are people, I call them our quarantine crew. Yeah. They're maybe, you know, there's about a dozen people I can name who I've been around or whatever since 
March. Yeah. And that's basically it, you know, yeah. and those are your, those are your peeps, but those are the connections that really matter to keep you thriving. Yeah. And I know we were talking a little bit earlier just about how things have changed. You know, like you said, you've taken precautions on, you know, your show. Um, and I know like Ryan's run is so important to you too. Could you talk a little mm -hmm. bit about that and some of the changes you had to make for Right. So Ryan's yeah. run is a charity campaign with WNEP TV that we launched 11 years ago. And it's kind of crazy. Wow. We started with a team of five people and we now have a team of 50 area runners from all over northeastern and central Pennsylvania. And I always explain to people, they're always like, what's that run portion you do? So the run portion of Ryan's Run is the TCS New York City Marathon. So usually for 11 years, August through November, we launch our charity campaign on television and we tell a lot of stories. Ryan's Run benefits kids and adults with disabilities who are served by Allied Services, one of northeastern Pennsylvania's largest mm -hmm. nonprofits. And Allied treats people based on need, not ability to pay. So fundraisers for them, super and crucial, mm -hmm. super crucial, like so many nonprofits. And as Ryan's run kind of evolved, you know, after year one raising funds, we really wanted to earmark all the money raised for new cutting edge rehabilitation technology that would allow Allied to purchase some of the latest and greatest devices to help people rebounding from strokes, spinal cord injuries that normally you'd have to drive to DC to get to Philadelphia that we can bring that right here in our own backyard. So coming back to how the pandemic impacted it, you know, every year, for the past plus decade, you know, we were able to raise our funds August through November, have huge community events, happy mm -hmm. hour fundraisers, axe throwing events, tons of stuff that would bring people out in droves and, and, you know, hundreds of people at our Ryan's Run 5K that we would do every October, which would raise a huge chunk of money for the cause as well. All of those, when the pandemic happened, were canceled. So we went from having events where some runners might raise on their own because we have 50 runners on our team and the requirement to be on the team is committing to raising $5,000. Okay. It's a big chunk of change mm -hmm. for somebody to raise, but the communities are always amazing and they really respond to that. So the runners would come up with their own fundraisers, happy hours or whatever type of event they could do to raise you know, money to help out Ryan's Run. And then when the pandemic hit, all of that stuff that you know, our charity campaign relied on just came to a screeching halt because especially Allied being a healthcare provider was really cautious on all the events we yeah. were having, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we didn't have the 5k, we were dialed back a lot of stuff and that impacted fundraising. You know, we went from a record breaking year in 2019 of raising $652,000, I believe the number was in three months to raising $275,000 during the pandemic. And I really have to say though, Every cent, every dollar that we raised this year, we celebrated because we yeah. didn't know what we would have raised during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we also knew it was tough for people to give to any charity, yeah. whether it was ours or mm -hmm. another one, because, you know, during the pandemic, people lost their jobs mm -hmm. and they had to choose between paying their bills or buying food. And we and we understood that. And we had to be yeah. very careful to how we approach fundraising and asking for money. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. a tough year, but we were grateful yeah. this year in 2020, we raised $275,000. That's awesome. Yeah. And that money this year will be really spent on supporting the healthcare heroes who are on the front lines at Allied mm -hmm. treating patients day in and day yeah. out and making sure they have the tools and resources they need mm -hmm. to change lives here at home. Yeah. It's so interesting you mentioned that too. And just the way, again, not being able to have even those like face-to-face -face events. We had to cancel our golf tournament, which is our biggest fundraiser, right. you know, for student support, for, for scholarships. Um, and we replaced it with kind of a virtual day of giving insane thing you're kind of holding your breath how are people going to respond and I think you hit on just such a critical point in terms of people that can at this point really want to do yeah. something they want mm -hmm. to give back you know our students you know our majors are connected to essential businesses so in a lot of
lot of ways, like they right. kept going. So we really stressed the fact that like, hey, when the world shut down, like Johnson College kept going, our students kept going, like it's our turn to support them. And I have to say- I know your the slogan, response, we work, that's we right. work, <laughs> even during the pandemic. That's right. Um, and it was so, it was really heartwarming to see the response, you know, people that really resonated with people. I think it really resonated with alumni. I think there was a lot of pride in that, mm -hmm. that like, you know, I was hearing from colleagues at other schools at the start of the pandemic that, you know, and again, there, there's a lot of fear, of course, um, people were comfortable being like going remote, doing their classes online. Our students were the opposite. It was almost like I was getting calls and they were like, put me in coach. Like, right. I want to help. Like, this is why I'm going to school. This is why I wanted like a hands-on education. So, you know, for us to be able to sort of come back in that way and be able to fundraise and support them and exceed our goal. We were just, like you said, we celebrated every single right. dollar. <laughs> and I think all of that, coming back to even your giving campaign or our charity or even others that took place in our area, it's a testament to the people who live in Northeastern yes, and Central Pennsylvania. To, mm -hmm. Those who can give, yeah. they still did. I know. And we have to, you know, be appreciative of that. And I think that was really amazing. It just really showed the spirit of this area. Pandemic yeah. or not, people here have huge hearts. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, speaking of that, like 11 years, Raja, I mean, I remember us being in the parking lot here on campus doing one of the the, the live segments and you were brainstorming the, the names for that. All the time. <laughs> Whether I think it was, that was, I think, before our fitness event, right? Yeah. Before we yeah. did Clash for Cash at mm -hmm. Mohegan Sun Pocono, which happens in the summer. So it's a huge fitness event. Yeah. Because with Ryan's Run, our big motto is inspiring fitness, challenging disability, and changing lives. So we put together an all-inclusive, all-abilities type of fitness event called Clash for Cash cash and you guys were so awesome and we were trying to think of how can we build pull-up bars that would That's be right. safe for the yeah. event but that would be mobile and work and you guys are like oh we'll make it a school project <laughs> right. and you did so we it was did. a great way to engage the community <laughs> but engage your students yeah. in a project to use that as a way to draw in different types of athletes because we had new toys so to speak mm -hmm. but again it was just a way that you know our nonprofit, our charity came together with students at Johnson College yeah and I think one thing I've always appreciated is just you're so you're you're so focused when you're here. You make everyone feel so comfortable. Your processes are awesome. Could you just talk through a little bit like what your I'm kind process? of OCD. You can just say it. I feel like that's a nice way to say like you're really OCD. No, but it's great. And I think whether, I mean, we have, you know, faculty that know their technical stuff so well, but then right. when you put them in front of a camera, right. you know, sometimes it just, it all like, like all yeah. of us. But I blank out too, though. I tell people because they're like, oh, you seem like you're on all the time. But trust me, there's days where I'm in a fog and I'm trying to land the plane on the right runway and I can't do it. Right. So right. we're all human. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, you know, my passion for the show. We want people to look great and we want to look great. Right. We want to represent whether it's a county fair or a free event at Johnson College or something else going on in the community in the best way we can. And I think especially whether it's working with people who use a lot of technical terms or working with the doctor who's kind of breaking down a study, we want to make sure people understand it. You know, so when I taught at Marywood, there was something I always would tell the students that somebody taught me over the years, you know, in television or media in general, tell them what them, tell them what they're going to hear, then tell them, then tell them what they just heard. So I want to make mm -hmm. sure like the interviews, sometimes if we're talking about something that could be complicated, I might say, Katie, walk me through that before we go on. So I know mm -hmm. kind of where your head is yeah. and to make sure I'm going to get it right. Because in television, my live shot, sometimes we take a complicated topic and you got two minutes to tell the story. Yeah. And you might only get those viewers for that two minutes. Like our morning shows, two and a half hours long. And 
some people were grateful for. They'll watch from 4.30 to 7 a.m. Right. But sometimes most people, our research shows, they're really checking in for 10 to 15 minutes. They're mm -hmm. brushing their teeth. They're drinking their coffee. They want to get their news and get out the door. Yeah. And that's why I think we have to kind of walk people through those that process in a live shot to let them know this is what it's going to look like on TV. Here's the video I have that you can speak to. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of see dog, say dog. Yeah. And we don't have somebody talking about like rebuilding a car and we're showing a picture of like a cute puppy on TV. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which we've done, but yeah. <laughs> in car got, related, yeah, but right, right, right. <laughs> we can cover it all. Um, it sounds like, you know, you're, you're always learning. You're a lifelong learner. So I think this job is like perfect for you. Cause like you right. said, you're learning about everything. Front row seat to history. Right. Like directly yeah. like from the experts. Um, and something you accomplished recently um, that we have in common, you got your doctorate. Congratulations. Well, thanks. And same to you. I know you and I were both kind of going through that journey. And during time. the live shots, I'm like, oh my gosh, can you believe this class I have? And I'm like, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. You can relate to the stress in working full time. So I think one, coming back to my job, I always would joke to people saying like, I get paid to learn something new every day, mm -hmm. which I'm really grateful for that. Because, yeah. you know, when I roll up, whether it's to a school or a hospital or even an event, you know, you meet people who that's their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. And I always say, if I can just learn one thing out of every live shot yeah it's gonna be it's a great day yeah right and I think for me, it was always on my bucket list to go back to school. I was really inspired to go back to school to get my PhD because of my mom. My mom was at the time 57 when she got her wow, doctorate. So her. it really showed me like, hey, you know, you don't have to worry how old you are or whatever, how long yeah. you've been out of school. And I did my master's at Marywood and I always loved it. And I kept in touch with people there. And at the time, because people don't realize it. So my shift, I'm usually in bed most nights by 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. Like 6.30 is late, right? <laughs> so late 6 p.m. I'm in bed. Five days a week, I'm up at 2 a.m. Saturday and Sunday, if I sleep in until like 3.30 or 4 a.m., it feels like I slept till noon and wow. it's great. <laughs> so at the time, you know, when I wanted to go back to school, because I graduated with my master's in 2007, but at the time there was still a lot of the you know all the phd programs it was in class at night from six until nine p.m because most executives mm -hmm. or other people they don't get out of work till five right so they couldn't go to class until six at night and for me i'm like i gotta go to bed yeah i mean i muscled through that in my master's program doing night classes but when mm -hmm. you're in class at night in a statistics class oh, until nine I and know. i know that alarm's gonna blare at 2 a.m uh -huh. it wasn't easy yeah right because i don't have a job i can tuck my head in a cubicle you gotta be on mm -hmm. or otherwise people are like what's he on today yeah. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. so for me that's why i went back to school so it was what two years ago now because uh, Mary would like some programs they moved a lot of their coursework online mm -hmm. asynchronous and I can kind of just do it throughout the week. Yeah. Um, I think it was actually that that was a little bit harder. I don't know how your courses yeah, went. Yeah, it was it was a lot harder because again, I'm a face to face person. Mm -hmm. I had to be very dis. I had to learn discipline like early on. Especially I had to treat statistics. It. I don't oh, know if you had stats yeah. one and stats two, but oh, yeah. numbers and I me. Know. That's why I work in television, so I don't have to deal with <laughs> I know. that. I know. That's I like to raise the money. I don't necessarily right. like to. <laughs> I don't need to count <laughs> that's it. That's right. Yeah. I know right. what I raised. <laughs> yeah. So I so I went back to school then, and I mean, it was just such a great experience and. But I think, you know, coming out of that, you know, I look back as people think, oh, man, 2020. But 2020, when you really step back and pause yeah. for a moment, you know, I was grateful. Mary would ask me to give the commencement speech this year. And part of it, I said, COVID was the great pause for a lot of us. Yeah. Because when I graduated, I thought, OK, I got my PhD. Now I'm going to do this. But then my goals changed mm -hmm. and yeah. I had time to think more about what my future looks like. Mm -hmm. What does my role look like at NEP? Yeah. How do I reinvent that? Mm -hmm. That's great. I think, you know, if you can see the opportunity inside of it, right. you know, for us, it's been the same thing here at the college. Like people are like, oh my gosh, well, how are you going to deliver hands-on technical education? And like during a pandemic, and I thought, well, 
We're the ones who have the great relationships with all the employers. We can spread out. Our students can be here. They can be out at industry right. locations, and it works for everybody. And, right. and knock on wood, it's, it's we've been really successful. I think the one thing I have to say, and our CEO of the company I work for, WNE's parent company, is Tegna, and our CEO said it really well. You know, whether it was at Johnson College or even our TV station, mm-hmm. if you would have ever thought back in the day, and so many other companies can relate to this, that, okay, we're going to move our whole workforce remote. Mm-hmm. Companies would have hired consulting groups. They would have done studies on it. They would have spent yeah. a ton of money to see, can we get live um, from Mindy's kitchen at home? Or can Ryan be live in his living room? How will this look? What mm-hmm. will it sound like? And when the pandemic hit, you didn't have you time. Just did it. I mean, in March, our station and our engineers, they're all like MacGyver. Yeah. We, we were like out of the building in March. That place was empty and we didn't miss a beat on television. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. many other companies, they're in the same boat. Yeah. They, you you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Oh, and yeah. you didn't you didn't have time to think. You yeah. just did it. I know. And that's why I was like, well, this is the advantage of being in technical college. Like you said, we have like, you know, how many MacGyvers right, here? They just right. like within two days, yeah. they're like, oh, we got this. Yeah. And we're moving on. Um, so again, maybe not not the pandemic, but could you share maybe one of your like wildest stories you ever covered or um, most fun or like what sort of like over the years? So I think, you know, in my career now, probably I think I'm nearing 19 years in television. So a lot of people think like, oh, the coolest stories you ever got to do is it going to like, you know, I live with Regis and Kelly when he was on before Regis mm-hmm. Philbin retired. Yeah, getting yeah. to meet a TV icon like that and doing a whole sit-down interview with him on his final show, that was super cool. Getting to meet other movers and shakers, like being on The View, not really on the show, but going in and interviewing Whoopi Goldberg and other people and doing those hits or going behind the scenes of TV shows, that's like a huge perk and a fun thing of the job. But my most rewarding story I've ever done or coolest experience was a segment we did called Life at Sea, where I got to go with a photographer out to Norfolk, Virginia, and we flew in a, I think it was called a C2 Greyhound. It's kind of like a hollowed out bus Mm -hmm. and landed on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And I spent two days at sea with uh, members of the Navy. Oh, wow. It was just phenomenal. Yeah. Like to be on the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower and to be able to tell stories of hometown heroes. So Mm -hmm. spotlighting somebody from central Pennsylvania, two soldiers from northeastern Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. But to see them and how people live day in and day out and what they're doing for this country and to live it with them for two days, coolest experience of my life. Because, you know, most runways at regular airports, what are they, like a thousand feet or something or more? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But I know (laughs) we had like 250 feet of runway to land and get it right. And it was intense and it was cool to be out there and learn yeah. how, how it all goes together. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Um, so what, like what is, you've written a dissertation and you have all these great experience. Would you ever consider writing a book? I don't know who would read it. <laughs> no, the dissertation was enough, right? Know, you know oh, yeah. how that is. 148 pages I'll never forget, I right? Um, the dissertation was a lot of work, such a learning experience. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I give people credit, especially at universities who are continuously publishing. Oh, I know. I was able to get um, my dissertation published. That's great. And it was exciting, but it's so much work, I right? Know. To take it and condense it and rewrite it and make it not sound like your dissertation. But really, I yeah. was able to take 148 pages, I think it was, to 12 pages, right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, fantastic. I don't know about writing a book, what I would call it, but, you know, 
it's just it's been quite a journey, you know. But yeah. I, I have to say, trying to remember it, I'm a big believer in journaling every night. Mm-hmm. So I have a gratitude journal, but I also try to use that as a way to also kind of log my day. Yeah. And it's crazy to look back, as I'm sure you do too. Like, and you think of your career, what you did, and when you did it, or gosh, how did I do that? Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know? Even like like I said earlier, like looking back, you know, at March and just how everything just you had to make decisions and go mm-hmm. go go. And I, I'm like looking back now, and I'm like, wow. Like, but I think that's leadership, you know, and that's yeah. kudos to you because I think you know you can't be a leader of a company or of a college unless you take a stance. You, mm-hmm. There's no gray area. So right. I think some people, and not everyone's going to like the decisions mm-hmm. you made, or even at other companies, sure. right? Like, should we really be in here counting money at the bank or whatever, right? right? Or, mm-hmm. and I think you just have to make a decision. You have to stand by it and do what you think is in the best interest for whether it's your employees or the people you're serving, your students. Yeah, and, and you know what's interesting too? Like, what is there like a piece of advice that you would give? Because it sounds like you know going back to the start of our conversation and your career path, like you, you knew what you wanted. And so you seemed very passionate about it. You were very driven. Um, and our students are like that here too at Johnson College. But for maybe like individuals that aren't that focused or maybe don't know what they want to do, do you have any, you know, advice? The best advice, and I even gave students this one, like, I think I want to work in TV, but I'm not sure, is to find somebody who works in the industry that you want to be in, mm-hmm. whether it's television, accounting, being the president of a college mm-hmm. and, and and reach out to them. You know, LinkedIn is such a great platform that's a little less formal, but also a great way to connect with people. Yeah. And I've been able to meet so many people who I'm constantly networking. Like my bosses will tell you, I am always like, hey, by the way, I reached out to so-and-so in corporate and I just wanted to pitch mm-hmm. them a whole TV show idea. Yeah, You know, like, but to be open, um, like I always say, especially if you're already in an industry, but you're trying to level up in your own company to keep mm-hmm. your immediate managers in the loop, right? So nobody's blindsided. But I think for people who are confused on what their next chapter is or what they're going to do is to go shadow somebody for a day or to call them and pick their brain. I'm amazed at the people I've connected with on LinkedIn who I will message and say, hey, here's my spiel. I know you work on this type of TV show. I'm super interested and curious about how that layout looks like. Do you have 10 minutes for a phone call? And most times, whether it was people Mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania or in California, they'll be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. give me a call. Yeah, I I can fit you in for 10 minutes. And being respectful for their Mm -hmm. time and having the questions and really just trying to be like, preparing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and I think that's the best way to figure out, you know, what your role or your dream job looks like. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is too, it's okay to want to change. Yeah. And I think the pandemic, and I don't mean to keep coming back to it, but I think it made a lot of people think like, what matters to me? Mm -hmm. And I saw a great quote during the pandemic. It was from Mel Robbins, the motivational speaker. And she had a quote out that said, quitting is for winners. Mm. And normally when people think, oh my God, you're going to quit. You're a loser. You're going to, you know, quitting. um, I saw people over the pandemic who got new jobs because they were unhappy in their current Mm -hmm. gigs. Yeah. Quitting a job you hate Mm -hmm. and finding something else. That's okay. Yeah. Quitting a group of friends that's not working with you, that's cool. You got to do it because I really think the pandemic and COVID in general put things in perspective that has you waking up every day and thinking, what matters to me? Is is this what my life is going to look like for the next 10 years? Mm -hmm. And if you don't like that picture, change it. Yeah. Sometimes you have to tinker or get off the potty. That's right. right? Or I would (laughs) always tell people, because there's a lot of people who come to me, oh, I hate this part of my job or I don't like this. And I would say, get down off the cross and let somebody else use the wood for a while. That's right. You have to make a decision Mm -hmm. or this is your life. Yeah. You know, if you're working for- Either accept it or move on. If you're at a, yeah, right. If you're at a company or a job where you don't feel appreciated or you don't like the work hours or whatever, find another gig. There's a lot of jobs out there. That's right. You know, I'm always amazed when I'm on LinkedIn and I just get post, 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 post. I just see all these things and I'm like, man, companies are hiring. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, this was great. I really appreciate you being here with me today. Wait, we're getting, done? <laughs> 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 everyone getting to, to know you in, in this way. So thank you so much. Well, I hope, it, I, I hope it was good because if I bombed, we'll all be disappointed. It was, good. It was yeah. great. All right. <laughs> thank I you. I appreciate it. And I can't wait for the day, by the way, when I come back to Johnson College to do live shots and we don't have the social distance. That's I jokingly right. said to you and your whole team last time, I said, guys, when we get the green light, don't have to do all that. We're going to be holding hands on the live shot. That's right. I'm going to be hugging you. It's going <laughs> to be great. Right. It's going to be is. great. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Find all Tech Talk with Johnson College podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Johnson College. We work.